1989, Spike Lee shook the film world with Do the Right Thing. It may not be his biggest box office hit, but in many ways this provocative movie is his most distinctive. Packed with future stars like Martin Lawrence, Samuel Jackson, and John Turturro, Do the Right Thing deals with issues of race, political violence, and urban economics in ways that still hit home 30 years later. Clearly, the world is waiting to hear the opinions of two middle-aged white guys on this movie. So grab some Miller High Life, toasting the classic's first repeat beverage, and listen to us commit podcast suicide by waiting right on in. It's time for episode 32 of Toasting the Classics, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Hey, welcome everybody to uh, another round of Toasting the Classics, the uh, podcast where we take some supposedly classic thing and we dissect it. What else do we do to it? We talk about it. We analyze. Oh, we talk it. about it. Yeah, we, we pass. Uh, we pass the once and final judgment. We, this, uh, this supposed classic comes to sit at our right hand, and we judge it, and we decide whether it's going to continue with uh, everlasting life as a right. Um, so we have the final last story. week. Last last week we we sent uh, murder on the Orient Express down to eternal damnation. Something that's yeah, what are we doing this like, week? Like, what do we got? Something that sold like four hundred million copies this week is it was my pick. Uh, oh, by, by the way, so what we do is we, um, if you're new to the show, book, we have a movie and we have some kind of, right. this week is a, is a movie and it landed on, on my doorstep to, to figure out what it might be. And I, you know, I have never, ever seen anything from Spike Lee. That's, I was wondering what the reasoning was. That's well, interesting. He, he okay. is, I know he's, he's celebrated. I, I wanted to, to kind of experience like his, his ultimate, yeah, his okay. ultimate beyond ultimate. Uh, um, you tell me people don't consider the five bloods to be um, his best work. Well, yeah, it was released during COVID. So we have a little bit of controversy there. That's true. That's true. It went straight. I actually listened to a podcast about war movies that the, the podcast got canceled because the guy that did it was bean dad. So his career is <laughs> over. They did an episode on the five bloods and it didn't sound like, anything super special from what they said but i haven't seen it i mean this this is the one that is supposed to be his uh, classic right well this was so, the one that really i mean it wasn't his first big movie he did she's got a habit first mm-hmm. um but this is the one that really brought him to like national attention i mean not obviously you're at national attention already once you've done any hollywood movie but this was the one where he was like an icon in a way like spike lee's kind of a you know, a Spike Lee joint yeah. is an iconic type of picture. And he's he's an auteur director. Right. You know, he's somebody that puts his own stamp on on whatever film he's doing. And I think this was really the first one that got right. some Academy Award nominations. Right. Um, I think Danny Aiello might have won. He did. Best Supporting. Did. Yeah, okay. Best Supporting, yeah. So this is uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, released right. in 1988, I believe. And uh, yeah, so that, that, again, that was my pick. One of the things that drove me to this one was, I was trying to think of like what is a master, you know, or a classic rather. What is a, considered a classic past the seventies? Because we we've been talking about you know all we ever do is the seventies, 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 seventies. Right, right. And and it's not just because we are classics because we're born in the seventies, right? Which we are and we were. It's like okay, well let's get a, give a nod to some other poor schmucks that weren't as yeah. fortunate as us. I remember this. This was like in the zeitgeist in like. 90 you know the early 90s like this yeah one was absolutely a big yeah deal yeah absolutely i never, never seen it so 
So, so that's your reasoning. Your reasoning is you wanted to branch out and do something a little different. Not that you wanted to like commit podcast suicide by talking about a movie fraught with race issues and, <laughs> and things. I was like, I was like, are we done as a podcast? Are we just, are we just I know, and, like, canceling all, ourselves? All I, like, all I could think of was, was a good friend of yours who already canceled us because, uh, you know, potential right. racial um, um, problems. Yeah. So, so which honestly was was misconstrued was not what either one of us was saying and i think i think he's come back around i think he's like i think there's been enough time for healing and uh if you listen to the corpus of clinton dave talking about things you realize we're not on any part of the spectrum or anything like we're pretty in terms of politics like we're we're, i think we're talking we're asking questions and we're and we're wondering right if people want to and by the way any of you you know anybody uh each of our six listeners uh, if right. anybody want to, um, you know. Oh my God, we're up to six now. Well, yeah, I think there's five and and one with it has okay. a two. Two more, um, two more years. Yeah. So if any of you, you know, authority is on really much of anything. Yeah. Um, no, not really than, much of anything. Yeah. yeah. Other than our our kids, uh, you know, feeding schedules and and wire wives. But what I'm saying is like, you know, you know, we, we're just talking. You know, that's all we're doing. And, and we're talking, we're using whatever we, we do as a catalyst. And this time it's do the right thing. And, and you're right. That's actually all I was thinking of. It certainly crossed my mind many times about how prescient it is. In any case, it's it's very much here and now. Mm-hmm. As, I, as I watched yeah. it, I was like, oh my God, this is... This may be putting the cart kind of in, com- uh-huh. in front of the horse um, uh-huh. in terms of the discussion for tonight. Yeah. But... This is one of the reasons why I haven't had a gigantic reaction to the latest wave of these incidents like George Floyd and whatnot and, and, and Michael Brown and stuff like that is because yeah. like, this is not new. This is the same right. story that's been going on throughout right. my lifetime. There have always been incidents of police brutality. Yeah. There have always been incidents of beyond police brutality, police killing yeah. um, unarmed black men. It's not new. If anything, there's probably less of it going on today, which is not to say that it's acceptable in any amount, but it's, I, I don't really see just because there's a video of it happening. I don't really see it as like something that all of a sudden I'm going to be upset about. Right. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's always been an issue. It's right. always been something that people have a responsibility to try to deal with. And so this, these incidents didn't change my outlook on the situation. They just and I think, for, I think a lot of people, confirm, maybe they're confirmed younger. Confirmed it or they re, kind of re- reconfirmed it perhaps or just you're just, just like confirmed what? it it's just yeah. it's just it's just it's present I, I can't even watch videos like that i don't want to watch a video of somebody getting killed you know why i just would anybody, I, I, why pe- would anybody want to watch that it, i don't think people like, want to i think that you know there's there's a lurid fascination with it and there's yeah, also just like yeah. you know it's sort of in a lot of ways like watching september 11th whenever i see that on tv i have this almost the same emotional reaction as i did like the day that that actually happened right. Terrible, but I but I will kind of watch it out of a little bit of morbid fascination. Yeah, um, and I think some people feel that way about other things. You know, like somebody falls off their bike and breaks their leg, and they watch a video of it, or somebody gets murdered or something. I can't stand that kind of stuff. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't have much stomach for it. I, mm-hmm. I don't watch uh, slasher movies, and that's not even real life. Yeah. You know, so I really don't want to watch. Uh, I really don't want to watch that kind of thing. But anyway, those things happening that didn't didn't really change my outlook on the world. Yeah. Honestly, September 11th in a lot of ways didn't. I had been in the Middle East. I was aware there was an issue with the interactions between the West and the Middle East. It wasn't new. You know, it was upsetting. It was terrible, but it wasn't new. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think Spike Lee with this movie is showing that like 
especially black Americans, none of this stuff is new. This has been going on and it wasn't new in 1989 and it wasn't new in 1960 and it wasn't new in 1920. This yeah. stuff is, there were race riots with you know, white mobs killing unarmed black people right after the Civil War, immediately upon people becoming free in cities like Memphis and New Orleans. But none of this, none of this is new. It's, it's honestly, there's a lot less of it than there used to be. If you know the history of it, it's weird to get really incensed about it all of a sudden just because there's a video. Right. Um, although I guess kind of, I, I think sometimes when I talk to African-Americans about those videos, I think it's a bit like September 11th. Yeah, a bit, I, I think it's a bit like having something like that, like in a video and the intense emotional reaction to it. I think logically people always knew it was an issue, but it produces a new emotional reaction. Hmm. If you see what I'm saying, Rodney King was almost the same thing, but Rodney King was like, I don't know. I guess people convinced themselves he wasn't very sympathetic. And also he didn't die. Well, no, Rodney, you know? I mean, Rod, no, Rodney kind of disagree. I mean, Rodney King stoked the entire riots of, of lots in LA and stuff. And, and But it didn't affect the whole country the same way. This has been a more intense, like national reaction. I think, I, I mean, I, well, I was younger, but I, I have, I, think, I did live I think, through both I, things. I think this reaction was more organized than, than Rodney King. I mean, and, it, and part yeah. of that might've been because of, you know, we didn't have the internet back then and stuff, but, you know, and so it was very much um, kind of spur of the moment type, type of thing that, that went on. And so when you had all the riots that happened and God, when was it like 87? Is that when it, when it was? No, it's yeah. later than that. It's later than that. It's more like 92. Well, was it that late? I, okay. It was in high all school. Right. Yeah, it but, was. But, but the point, point is like, you didn't have social media spreading like, Hey, we're all going to get together at this point And, and right. well, that's probably why it was more yeah. intense in Los Angeles, because I think they played it on, they played the Rodney King video on the TV in Los Angeles, like yeah. over and over again. Whereas where I grew up, you saw clips of it. You didn't see the whole thing, and it wasn't on all the time. Yeah, yeah, and and, um, and, and if you remember, like the there, you know, the riots in, in L.A. that followed it, and all the stuff that happened, they didn't spread across the country, right? But 19, it was 1991. Okay, 91. Like any organization afterwards, the fallout from the George Floyd murder was really only made possible because of like social media. Right. Mm -hmm. Somebody took a video of it. We had a video of Rodney King getting the crap beat out of him. Okay. Right. We got two videos. But with Rodney King, it had to have been sent to the news. It made the local news. News places had to pick it up. And so there was this kind of time delay until it got, you know, the, the tape probably literally the tape got sent place to place and, and got played and stuff. George Floyd was instantaneous, right? So somebody uploaded it to either Instagram or TikTok or something like that, you know, and immediately became global, relevant. not just and national, but global, global and spread all over the place all of a sudden right now. And so you knew like the moment he stopped breathing, you knew, you know, Rodney, yeah. King, Rodney King didn't, wasn't killed because he had the crap beat out of him. But I well, mean, I mean, it's like what happens in the, in, in the, in the film, is when Radio Rahim dies, the yeah. cops realize it very quick, throw him in the back of the cop car and get out of there almost before anybody even notices. Even realizes it, yeah. Um, no cameras. Nobody has, it's not like there's a camera in every single pocket in 1989. And something like that could happen, you could just get away with it. If you got well, out of there real quick, yeah, you could just and, and be gone. It was, it was kind of, you know? and I was thinking about that. So it was kind of like limited to the block, right? Right. 
I mean, because they make a big right. deal about the block. Like, this is a black block. Like, this is a black neighborhood. Right. Right? Right. And so it's not going to go beyond that block. Like, whatever happened, happened. And so if you think about it, like, yeah. in a way, what Lee is saying is, like, you know, this might have happened all the time. We don't know. You know, because it, it, didn't, it didn't really go past the block. The, like, the block was was where all the messaging was kind of centralized. We didn't, we had no way of spreading it out. Right. It's very rare that something would be caught on film or that somebody would admit that such a thing had happened or, but uh, I don't think there's much doubt that things like that were happening. I mean, up until, up until the thirties and forties, people would admit, not just admit like they'd committed a crime, but they would brag about having participated in lynchings. It was considered like a, like a civic duty. Right. To participate in the lynching. It wouldn't have been something that people wouldn't even been ashamed of or, or tried to hide because they were, this is, uh, which is, you know, not to say that a cop, you know, it's not, not to say that's the same thing. I guess that's kind of what I got in trouble for before is when I make a comparison, I'm not saying two things are the same thing. What I'm saying is that things have changed, I guess, as I'm drawing a progression of that kind of violence, the things that do oh, happen, but no, you, yeah, you know. no, I totally get it. I mean, it's like, um, well, anyway, I was I was uh, completely distracted by the cop who was also the main Venezuela drug dealer in um, the Jack Ryan Harrison movies. Uh, clear, clear and present, clear and present danger. danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the guy, I don't remember that one very well. And it was a mustache that like perfectly traces his top lip, which I've yeah, always wondered funny. about. Like, why would? That's not really a mustache. That's kind of like a forgetfulness. It's like, like, you, like you missed a spot. Yeah, you miss a spot. Like when you drink milk as a kid, you've got that exact same mustache, but it's white. In that same scene, it's uh, did you know? Did you look up that it's Danny Aiello's son, the actor who's the cop that kills Radio Rahim? The big dude. Yeah, the, it, what's his Rick I Rick Aiello? I didn't, I almost I didn't his, know that. I'm from New Mexico that. now. I just read it as Aiello. Aiello. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to but the yeah, show. I'm trying to figure out which guy it is that you're talking about that was from Clear and Present Danger because I noticed one of the cops was somebody I'd seen before. It's probably he's Miguel a, he's, a co- he's a cop with a he's always wearing uh, mirrored sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he's he he the, in Jura- oh, he's in Jurassic Park. He's the guy that finds the amber. He's the guy that finds the amber. And yeah, then that's in right. Clear and Present Danger, he is the like main drug, like kingpin in like South America. That, yeah. eventually, that eventually, like uh, Harrison Ford's character, kind of hooks up with to to take down the other guy. Yeah, I, I just I was totally distracted by him because I was like, I had no idea right. that was uh, Danny Aiello's uh, son. Yeah, was, yeah, was Danny Aiello's son is uh, is the guy that played big, uh, the cop, Officer Long. Cop. What was your who's your favorite uh, actor in this? Like, who's the who kind of steals the show? Do you think? You know, uh, Danny Aiello got best supporting actor for this. Um, yeah, that's true. That's, but there's and, so and, many and, like character. There's so many character parts. There's all these. He was really complicated. Like, I mean, I like bugging out. I like uh, uh, radio. Right. I, I like a lot of them. I mean, I like Mookie. Right. But mm-hmm. but the one that I think showed, and that's probably why they gave it to him. The one that showed the the most variety. You know, from from emotion to emotion was probably you know famous Sal. Right, Sal himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a reason why. There's a reason why he won an Academy yeah. Award for it. It's a, it's a good part. 
he handles it really well. He's got a really expressive face. You can see how he feels, you know? I mean, you can really, well, you can feel how he feels. Right. Like, especially at the end, when, he, when he's like, it's not about the money, Mookie. You know, he's like, yeah. I built this from my bare hands. Yeah. You know? And now it's yeah. gone. You know, it, right. it has nothing to do with the money. I read a thing. So I, I saw this movie years ago and I remember thinking like, what? So, so Mookie's doing the right thing when he throws that trash can through the, right. through the guy's window. Right. And I was like, I understand his feelings. I a hundred percent understand his feelings in the moment, but it's not the right thing. And hmm. I, I thought about it a lot in watching the movie a second time. And I looked at what Mookie's motivations are and Spike Lee's not saying he's doing the right thing by doing that. That's yeah. not at all what he's saying. I read an interview with him. He said that only white people ask him that question whether Mookie was doing the right thing. And I don't know how to process that. I don't exactly know what he means by that, because what I see in the film is Mookie is given a lot of motivations and it's a violent act. And the film ends with those two quotes on like violence and the ambiguity of the use of violence in politics. And I think the movies, I think the movies about the ambiguity of using violence in politics and, (laughs) and in some ways the sort of uselessness of it. But then again, there's also some catharsis between him and Sal a really complicated reflection on violence i really think it's actually i think it's saying a lot of things it's pretty good absolutely i sort of yeah i sort of dismissed it the first time i watched the movie because spike lee frankly he's a lot like oliver stone he's a really good filmmaker his politics can be really crap sometimes he can be a little bit of that like nation of islam new york african-american guy that some of the things he says are just crap yeah you know like it's which is, you know, like a lot of people on the far right, it's the same way. 90% of what they say is crap. Every once in a while, they, they turn over the right rock and they say something, you know, that's, that's not wrong. This, these, this, this portrayal of, of violence as a political tool and talking about, like, you know, black people being killed by the cops is all spot on. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with everything he's saying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says some things in his private life that are like anti-Semitic, for instance, which is a, which is a problem with that movement. And you hear people like that, you know, all the time, you know, so some of that stuff is, I don't know. I don't, I don't exactly know how to process that either. But anyway, this, I, I sort of dismissed the film the first time I watched it. I was not younger. And I sort of dismissed it a little bit because of that. I was like, oh, this is just somebody that wants to burn down the city for no reason. It's, it's really not that. Watching it this time, that's really not what's going on here. One of the things I thought was really interesting about his motivation for doing that and, and it's, it's funny. I don't know. I don't know what kind of reflection on revolution and violence is supposed to be because he's angry at Sal because he thinks Sal's trying to, to sleep with his sister. One of the reasons he gets mad and throws a trash can through the guy's window is because he's got a ton of resentment about the guy trying to sleep with his sister. It's a private, emotional well, no, motiva- motivation no, that has nothing think, to do with I politics. Reading, I, I think you're reading into that one. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't no, no, I, not, not, the entire, not the entire motivation. But I think what yeah. he's trying to show is that sometimes we can have like our own private motivations for like political violence and things like that. They really don't have anything to do with the political struggle. It's like an interpersonal thing. I disagree with that. Because like I, I see, um, I see a lot of um, there are cultural issues, what I'll call cultu- cultural issues that, that are not understood by people that are not within that culture. 
Okay. Okay. Like the main one is Radio Rahim. Sal kills the radio, right? Right. Right. And 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 like he sets up the importance of the radio for Radio Rahim. Right. It right. becomes it becomes a it's a cultural thing. Like he's playing rap on it, you know, and he keeps playing the same rap. Um, right. He comes up against the Puerto Ricans, and the Puerto Ricans are like, turn yours up, man, drown him out, blah, blah, blah. It's like a duel or something. And so he wins that yeah. duel. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's like a cultural marker for for him, and I think for for the black culture within that neighborhood. Okay. And so there, you know, he goes with, you know, he goes into the, he goes into the, the um, into Sal's with uh, this cultural marker. And part of that cultural marker is blaring it as loud as he can, because that's the whole point of him having this huge, you know, boom box is he can, he can play it really loud. Sal does, just doesn't understand it. He's like freaking out about it. He's yelling yeah. it. And so he, he, and so what he does is he like kind of emasculates Radio Rahim as, right. as, as, a, as a person, like, because that's his identity. And that's uh, not only his identity, but it's a cultural marker within the culture. And so he kills them. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's more than just he destroys his boombox. It's, it's a lot more. And that's why, he, you know, Radio Rahim freaks out. And I think that to me, I saw it as Mookie, like, just kind of like thinking about that, like, thinking about what he had done, what Sal had done, rather, you know, uh -huh. and, and thinking about like how, and I think probably thinking about back on like everything that Sal's uh, son had said. John Tur I, I believe John Turturro is Pino and the other guy is Vito, but Pino, I might have yeah, that yeah. backwards. So it's Pino. I can't remember what he said, but you know, Vito was cool. Uh, but Pino was a total DB. Yeah, uh, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Pino's Pino's pretty much of a bad guy all throughout it. Right. I don't think he's very sympathetic. Al Alex, ask your dad what a DB is. Um, but yeah, right. And and uh, but but John Turturro, John Turturro is really good in this. No, oh, he is. He's, he's great. Well, he's, he's great. A, he's, a, he's a fantastic Pino. actor, anyway. I mean, like, yeah, he's a really good actor. But he's he's really good in this. Fantastic. He, what I'm saying though is that that like Mookie was just like reflecting on all that. You know, he was looking. He was just thinking about everything that just happened and he was reflecting already on what Pino had, had like all the stuff that he had done. Can you save this thing or can you just burn it to the ground and start over? And, and so I, I saw it as like, he's just like, Nope, you cannot save this thing because of everything that's, that's happened because of their beliefs or everything else. You, you cannot save it. You got to just destroy it and start over. Now, now I don't think it's like starting over means different people or anything like that he was just like you got to start over you know and that, so might, be, speaking that, of, might, so, that might be a so metaphor speaking of starting over yeah this this kind of cheapens the message of the film i think but spike lee's 2012 movie red hook summer actually shows that mookie that Sorry, that Sal collected his insurance money, started another pizza place in Red Hook, and Mookie ended up working there. <laughs> so the two of them are like working together like 20 years later, or, you know, a yeah. while later, which is, I don't know what that does to this movie, which, uh, but I, I just thought I that was like, really strange. I think it's like a it's Kevin, a very, yeah, I think it's like a Kevin Smith, you know, has to, has to complete the circle type of thing. 
know? Yeah, I don't know about that whole shared universe thing. But what you're talking about is a very cultural relativistic explanation for that behavior. So, and I've thought about this a lot because this is a this is a behavior that you see a lot of the time. DC all the time also. To some extent, I get those I get those cultural relativistic explanations, but the fact is if you walk into a crowded room playing music so loud that no one can have a conversation anymore, I don't care what culture you're from, that's an antisocial behavior. You know, it's an attempt to dominate a room, you know, no one can talk to each other anymore because you're playing your music it's to me a reasonable thing for a restaurant owner to ask somebody to turn off their music when they come into the restaurant i didn't i didn't and i don't really think totally agree yeah i don't think it would be a particularly fraught or complicated issue if there wasn't an intercultural you know it's not intercultural you're talking about people that are living in the same city they're not really intercultural but you you know what i mean i think spike lee sees this as a as a intercultural situation i think that's overstating the case um, I think bugging out. I think bugging out and Radio Rahim. I don't. Again, maybe I'm giving Spike Lee too much credit, but I think he's de- depicting them as being kind of obnoxious, as being that Sal is reasonable for being annoyed with them, but then his reaction is too violent, and then well, but, and then but, but, the police but, the police are reasonable for showing up and breaking up the fight but their reaction is too violent. And it's like, it's like you understand why there's a conflict and you understand what happened, but people keep choosing violence and that's always the mistake. But, but right. something, else, ratcheting something, things else that he, something else that he tosses in here, though, is the hottest day ever. You right, know? And, and which, it, is, which was actually the inspiration for the film was him watching pe- people talking about how, I, I can't remember if it was the Watts riots or what, but something was hot The long, hot summer of 67 right. in Chicago. 67, okay. And, and yeah, so okay. It, was like, it was like an enormously, like, like abnormally hot summer in, right. in Chicago and Detroit, and Detroit especially. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night, and it's still 96 degrees, and we're yeah. in a place where there are no air conditioners, there's rarely any fans, because it never gets that hot. Oh, yeah. You know, and, oh yeah, and so that I have spent. I have that, I have been in New York. Maybe to do something would have that to. they would have otherwise. No, no, no done, I, right? yeah, I, I think that's well. I think that's what it's saying. It's saying that this isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's something artificial and external turning up the heat, literally, on a situation that probably wouldn't spark off that way because people keep choosing violence because of it. And I, I have spent the summer in New York before when it gets up to like close to 100 degrees yeah. and it's a nightmare. It's not as bad today. I think more people have air conditioning today. But when I was younger, you could be in the city, you could get a, you could get a hotel room. Well, probably because I was broke and I stayed at the YMCA, but they didn't have air conditioning. And it was like, you know, still in the 80s at night and you're just covered in sweat. It's impossible to sleep. New York is right. terrible in the right. summer. If you get a heat wave in New York. No, it's horrible. And, and, and a big part of it is that like, you know, there so few places actually have air conditioning. You know, the, the mm-hmm. hotels do, yeah. the hotels do, but a lot of the apartments, especially like a Brooklyn or Queens, something like that, they don't have yeah. air conditioning. Like that's, hey, are you drinking, by the way, Mr. Uh, no, I haven't started yet. So uh, there's a problem. There you they go. Don't sell mil- they do not sell Miller Genuine Draft here. That's fine. No, the, this is this is what the mayor wanted. So we're yeah, going. this is what the mayor so, wanted. But but what I wanted to have the dynamic I wanted here yeah. is I wanted you to be the mayor, and I was going to be the Puerto Rican guys with my Miller Gen oh, okay. draft. But yeah, I, it's not working. I've actually I, I used to actually drink MGD. That's I didn't know that had anything to do with being Latin. I'm not sure it does. No, I've never actually had anything anyway. No high life. Cheers. Cheers. Um, this is the first time. Out. This is a first for toasting the classics. You know. 
This is a first. This is a repeat of Miller High Life. We did that for George Carlin. Yeah, we did. And now we're doing it again. We are doing it again. But that's only because so, to let, let uh, audiences know, this movie was sponsored by Pepsi and Miller. So ah, every okay. beer, every beer in the entire, you know, in the entire movie was all about Miller. Um, okay. All right. Every soda in the place was Pepsi. So Dave and I are, are very fancy people. You know, when, when we're not doing this thing, we're usually dressed in tuxes, eating caviar. And this Most is a, of the time. This, yeah. this is a champagne of beers. It's only kind of natural that we drink this versus... We're talking about Puerto Ricans. It reminded me um, something weird that I read about Rosie Perez. So this was like her first movie ever. Yeah. And I read this whole thing where she was talking about how you can't see her face in the yes. naked scene yeah. that she yeah, does that's, that's because she's sad, crying the whole time. Yeah. Because like Spike Lee kind of forced her into it, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's there's, dark." There's that's kind like, of a, there, well, there's kind of a controversy about him and and women. Is oh, there? I, yeah, I know. I, see, I read some things about yeah. he he very vocally defended a couple of people, like Woody uh -huh. Allen. I, I mean, Woody Allen's behavior is really not okay. It's right. really not a cancel culture thing. It's genuinely creepy and inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it's, yeah, when you, you know. marry, when you marry your stepdaughter, it, it's it's adopted stepdaughter. It's yeah that's not, that's weird that's not yeah that's not normally thing you know <laughs> no no that's not normal um, that's not normal behavior so, so he, yeah but he anyway i just thought that was that was a strange him, yeah. right no he defended I, him he defended somebody else he was talking i can't remember who the other guy was but no he was uh no, there, so he's been he's been kind of accused of, of that kind of stuff um uh alex earmuffs roman polaski is the biggest piece of crap in the world as far as i'm concerned he really is. Yeah, we talked about this with yeah. He, his if his was again, inexcusable. His, yeah, if you look at his his the, the the spectrum of everything that he did, they're pretty much all terrible. But everybody defends him and says, "Well, God, have you seen Rosemary's Baby? Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? He's such a good, you know." And well, it's Chinatown. Like, yeah, Chinatown's a great movie. Yeah, Chinatown's a great movie, right? But it, it doesn't. Woody make Allen. Sense. Woody Allen's. Woody Allen, but, but that's terrific, that's the thing is like know? everybody defends Woody Allen by like, well, you know, he's such a great director, which is exactly what uh, Spike Lee did. Is like, oh, well, you know, blah blah blah, but he's such a great director. Well, that doesn't make up for no, all it's, terrible stuff he did. It sounded it sounded to me like he was defending him based on he's my friend and he's a good guy and he's a good guy. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah obviously uh, not, yeah, man. Sort of like, but. <laughs> Sometimes you got to give it up and say, you know, your friend or not, you know, good director or not, he's still a piece of crap. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And definitely. In any case, all I'm saying is that, you know, with the Rosie Perez thing, like, like there's, there's been a lot of controversy with uh, Spike Lee himself. And, you know, so I, you know, but the fact is, this is a fantastic movie. Um, there, there's a kind of there's controversy in the movie itself. So this movie lost. Are you already going into? Are you are you making your case, getting me to vote for no, it? No, 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 you... no, no, no. We're just okay. I'm still just talking. So this movie lost to Driving Miss Daisy in '89. I can right. see that Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy is more polished. Uh -huh. You know, you've got there's no one of Morgan Freeman's stature in this film. At least not then. Some of these actors are. People that became very recognized later in their career. I, I could see how in 1989, if it was Driving Miss Daisy versus this, you might go with Driving Miss Daisy. Um, probably came across as a more serious film. He he slammed he slammed it and said that it was because it was a less controversial film. 
you know, it's like it's, I think it's that's probably same, true. I think that's true. Like black white dynamic questions and 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 so forth. I could talk. I could talk about this movie all night. Yeah, I have tons of stuff written down here. We're getting towards the end of our hour already, and I'm not done talking about this movie. Yeah, right. So I mean, I've seen Driving Miss Daisy. I don't really have much to say about that. Right. Driving Miss Daisy is 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 to this movie, but like a, a, what Star Wars is to a Clint Eastwood movie. It's like it's like very clear who the bad guys are. In Driving Miss Daisy, and yeah. it's very clear who the good guys are. And this one is way more creative. This is for like real life. I think that Spike Lee's very pessimistic about people being able to get along. I think it takes that too far. I think people can get along a lot better than this. But the issues are real, and I get these people. I get everyone in this movie. You know, I kind of understand where everybody's come from and why they do what they do, despite it being tragic. It, it I get it. It, it, se- it seems real to me. See, there's I, a, there's I, a I, would, feel... I would disagree. I would disagree on one thing. Like he throws in the well, the throw from left field, which is it's the hottest day ever. So, right. Would people like heat makes people? I think you mentioned it makes you know animals drives them crazy, right? And yeah. if you put a lot of yeah, a lot of sure. animals in like a small space, you turn up the heat, they'll like start attacking each but other. But it's sort of. But and, I think that's so, sort of part so, of so, the... so is it hold on, is it is it because like there's that whole part kind of in the middle of the movie when they just start insulting, like you know, when they yeah. just start yeah, yeah, insulting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I wish he'd done more of that. That was such a clever I feel like that was a really you know, new clever device at the yeah, time. That was a clever thing. You know? But, 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 you see that all the time. If you, now, if you, where you if see someone's internality this, like that. Like if you were to put this in like late November, like if all this right. stuff happened in, in late November, would you have the mm-hmm. same outcome? Right? Would would all that you know Well there wouldn't be that many for one thing, there wouldn't be that many people on the street to see it happen. Right. Right away. Right away. Not, in November in New street, York. Blah blah blah. Yeah. In November I mean, in New York, just, you're not it's, sitting it's, on your porch. It's you, just, know? you know, I think it's it's a it's a genius move because he's he's like he gives you the, all of these different. Now I was trying. To, I he, think he, he gives you all these different like sub narratives, and then he throws in. I don't use context, and it's like, well, what do you do? What do you do now? You know. I don't use the term tragedy lightly that's what i guess that's kind of what i'm saying for instance in like julius c part of it is a meditation on why does the tragedy happen is it because that the, the fates have lined us up to be like this or is it because of our choices much meditating on that same thing because you're getting this external completely out of people's control the heat factor uh, which is just like you know the gods have cursed you. You know you're just you're born to the wrong two families in Verona, so you're cursed to fight each other. Sure. But then there's also your choices. Actually, Romeo and Juliet's more like it because Romeo and Juliet is a situation of like violence between two groups, and they keep choosing violence every possible yeah, step, yeah. and it keeps ratcheting things up until yeah, everybody right. ends up dead. Yeah. Um, which this one's not quite as tragic. The outcome is one person dies. But I think it's 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 tragic. He seems like he doesn't seem like a bad guy that deserves to end up dead. You know, it's it's just supposed to be, and it's and it's completely um, unjust. Unjust. It's an injustice which is unjust. Right. I don't know. I think I, I I mean like I said I could talk about this one all night. And I mean that's to me the hallmark. I think the definition of something that would be a classic is you go back to it and there's more to say each time. I'm coming to this movie in 2021 and having a completely different read than I had when I watched it, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. 
I and to me that yeah, to, so. to me to me that to me that says that something is a classic. If you're going to go back and watch it, notice different things, have the racquetball bounce off differently than you know than it did the last time you watched it. You know, I, I just think that uh, that's pretty clear. Like I said, I got tons more to say about this movie. Right. Like so, ladies and gentlemen, it it sounds like to me, and, and please stop me if I'm wrong. Um, this is not my official vote. It sounds to me like Mr. David MacArthur is making a case for himself to choose this, which was my choice, as, right. a, as a, a classic. But let's go ahead and uh, let's go to the board. Can I, can I, ask, okay. can I ask you a mini? I want to ask you a mini question. Sure. Should you toast Rosie, Rosie Paris's uh, dancing in the opening of the film? <laughs> that was weird. That was that was. The, it's really weird. That was the oddest. It's really movie. weird, but it's really. But it's because that the style of da- of hip hop dancing doing there yeah. was super fresh and new in 1989. It well, is like, and nowadays, like that is just part of the general culture. My little white girls taking dance class learn to do hip hop dancing, just like Rosie Parrott. It is not provocative. It is not like uh, counterculture in any way. That, that's fine. And I think that would have just, okay, I think that would have hit you that, like a bomb back then. Nowadays, just like this, this is embarrassing. Like, it's just I don't, weird I don't, watching I don't, her do this. I don't like, know if it would have hit me like a bomb because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about that, the me from 1989. And I'm like, that's weird. I just did not think that was, that was, I don't know what that was. And actually, I went to go do some some research on that particular part. I just didn't get the chance. But uh, but okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, so what do you what uh, do you think of Public Enemy? Did you ever uh, listen to Public Enemy? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I did. And okay. I think I okay. think it was I think it was great that they had that one particular score through the whole thing. It, it, so it, so you know you know who did the score for this movie? Uh, it was actually. Sp- his father-in-law, right? It's Spike Lee's dad. Spike oh, Lee's dad, father yeah, yeah. did the actual yes, the, yes. the instrumental score for yeah. the film. Yeah, we, Public we Enemies talk, all throughout. We can talk about that. We didn't really talk about Spike Lee himself. Um, first of all, he no, has, like I he, said, he has, I mean, I think I think his legs of anybody in film. But I know other than that, he's walking across the street. He's also <laughs> he's five foot seven. Yeah, he's five foot seven. He looks like he might weigh one hundred and twenty pounds, right. like if his jersey right. was wet. Walking on you know? toothpicks. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but in any case, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, so, so what do we think, ladies and gentlemen, that, that Dave will say uh, about? Uh, well, let's do surprise. our biggest surprise. Oh, let's biggest do our surprise. biggest surprise first. Biggest surprise. What's well, your biggest surprise? Uh, Raheem Radio getting choked out and uh, and killing. I mean, and yeah. I was like I was like, oh my this god, chokehold with same type of yes. chokehold that people are still talking about today. Yes. To that level of detail, getting that right. Yeah. I mean, it's just yep. not only George Floyd, but what, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, Michael Brown, I believe, who was selling cigarettes in Manhattan or something like that and, and got, no, got choked no, that out. was, uh, that was Eric Garner. Eric, Eric Garner. Garner. Yeah. Eric Garner. You know, Michael like, Brown, Michael Brown, what I think was, was committing an armed robbery and then punched a cop. Well, okay. And okay. Got yeah, shot. That was a hands up. Don't shoot thing. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah I, I, that, I don't know about Air, that one. That, the Eric Garner, Garner thing was complete crap. It's going to get worse now because yeah, Eric Garner was. You know, they, they've actually levied more taxes on cigarettes, which means 
the black market is going to get bigger. I know. You know because of that. I know. So, so thank you. I remember thinking. Th th thank you, politicians who think that you're doing a good job, but you're not. You're well, this is gonna remember. this is gonna make me sound like a giant libertarian, which is not the case. Sometimes I sometimes I lean that way on certain issues, but nothing, nothing. I just don't want people. I don't want to misrepresent myself. You know, I'm not. I don't consider myself to be a part of that movement, but but I'm I'm sympathetic in some ways, and Eric Garner was killed because of a law that was not passed by people on the right. Right. Yeah. The people that wanted to have lots of laws regulating cigarette sales are people on the left. Yes. And, and, and it's because they don't understand that when you pass a law, somebody with a gun needs to walk around enforcing those laws. So you have to be careful what dumb laws you pass. Not, not, because not, only, people, not only that, but oftentimes like, like sin, sin taxes, which is what those are. Right. Any tax on like vapes and cigarettes and booze and beer those are sin taxes, yeah. as they as they call them. Those proportionately yeah. affect the, the the lower income. Yeah, yeah the lower income spectrum. People, yeah, you know, yeah. they just do, they people upper income middle class. They just shake those off. You know, Eric Garner was was, right. selling, was selling cigarettes to poor people. He's a poor person. If you're buying individual cigarettes, yes, you're not a Rockefeller yeah. if you're buying right. individual cigarettes. And he's, yeah, and he's, that's selling, right. he's selling. He's a poor person selling cigarettes to poor people because of the taxes. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, that's where the, right. the freaking laws. That's where the laws hurt. You know. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that we don't need to somehow, you know, uh, uh, stimulate know, some type of some type of taxes. I don't know. Whatever. My point. My point is that no, I when, yeah, you, when, I, you, when you tax when you tax that kind of stuff, you're hurting poor people. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting you. You know, I can yeah. pay. I can pay another. I, I, I'm just making a very. Over. I'm making a very broad political science point, which is that when you pass a law, a law is a rule that is enforced with violence. Yes, and you have to understand. You have to minimize the number of laws you pass because of that. When you have drug laws, and nobody in our culture actually believes drugs are bad, and you know everybody's out there trying to do drugs, you, you create a situation where the police are are called upon to use violence against people for something that isn't wrong. No, that's, that's right. you know that that's that's a part of me that does sound libertarian. I, I but you know I, I don't like know if it's. I, I like that part. As for my biggest surprise, um, my biggest surprise was exactly the same. I mean, if I'm being honest, my honest biggest surprise was the moment he puts that chokehold on him, and I was like, "Oh, he's going to die from this chokehold," which is exactly what everybody's still talking about. That's my real biggest surprise. But since you said that, my other biggest surprise is just the number of amazing actors that show up in this, like huge people that just have little tiny parts. There's Giancarlo Esposito, right? Martin Lawrence is in the background, like as one of the characters on the street. You've got uh, John Turturro, Danny, Danny Aiello. Who's the other? Oh, J Samuel Jackson Samuel being Jackson. like prominently yeah. featured in this before he's famous, like at all. Daddy, Just the cast of this Daddy movie whatever. Yeah. was a big surprise to me. And I was looking at, I was like, is, did Samuel Jackson ever look young? Like, was he ever like a young man? He looks oh. old already mm -hmm. in that movie. I mean, yeah. he's pretty, I think he's like almost 80. At this point, like I think he's in his seventies, oh, like, well into his seventies now. We should look that. I think so. I think he's like about the same age as like I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Danny Aiello. I think I looked up his age. He was like well into his fifties in this movie. He was not not like super young. One of the funniest actors that's in this is Vito, right? 
You know the actor that plays the yeah, younger yeah. brother? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know what do you know what I know him from? Uh when, hold on. Hold when on. Ferris uh, Oh actually what I know him from is Platoon, but what do you know him from? Oh he, he's in Platoon. He's in Platoon, that's true. Um but in Ferris Bueller's day off, when they leave the car in the garage. Oh, he, yeah, that's the, right. And he and he goes, yeah. he, he goes up to the guy and he goes, he goes, he goes, you, you speak English? And the guy's like, uh, what country do you think this is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. that guy. Yeah. That's, that's a guy. Right. That's a, I kept thinking of every time I saw his face, I had that line going through my head. Yeah. I kept laughing. But anyway, that was yeah, that's my biggest surprise. In, yeah, I remembered him from Platoon. And I he's in platoon. Yeah, I looked it yeah, up. Yeah, he, 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 ends up is, get, he, he gets blown up from a, like a booby trap. He's like got the scar. He keeps like moving the scar from like point, you know, side to side. He was like, "Oh, let's get out of here. This thing's you know, this is weird." You know, blah blah blah. And then it blows up and he dies. Yeah. Um, wow. well, that's actually exactly where I recognize him from. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a very distinctive uh, face. So, but anyway, so um, as for whether I'll vote for this movie to be a classic. Um, I'm I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it the way you think about like a like a great novel. I mean, I just I gotta vote for it. I mean, it's just it has a little bit of an unpolished feel to it that makes it like not like a great top notch film, but the issues that are worked into it and what I think is the complexity with which they're done, which I didn't pick up on the first time I watched the movie as much as I did this time. I think just just it, it it's a walk away classic. I definitely vote for it and. I don't know if you necessarily are voting for it because you picked it. I mean, you, you hadn't seen it before. So no, it's more I, of a... I had, and I'm not supposed to vote for it, but I, I'm glad that you... No, no, I think, I think, I think I you think, should I, vote for it I if you haven't a, seen it before. I, I really think this is a absolute classic. I, I definitely toast this thing. I, you know, I can see, like, so there's controversy when Driving Miss Daisy won uh, the Academy Award. So this is, this is his second real movie. But so you're, you're looking at, and I figured it out, like he was like 33 years old when he, when he made this. When I was th- 33 years old, I was still trying to figure things out, right? But he made this at 33. I know, and, I know right? And um, so Driving Miss Daisy, you know, got the Academy Award versus him. And he said, well, you know, they gave it to a safe, you know, a safe Negro movie type of thing. It's kind of what he wow. how yeah. he put it. That's the kind of yeah. thing I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about with where I don't like his politics. It's not even so much what he thinks. It's like the way he said. It's like why say it that way? Yeah, I you know. know. I know. You know, like well, I mean, because like if he didn't, like, say why, that, why if crap he, on why crap on like Morgan? Well, Freeman? if he was know. the kind of guy that would say that, though, he wouldn't have made this movie. I mean, he, like he, I made, suppose. you know, he, he's, he's the kind of guy that would make this movie and, and would say everything that he said in this movie, you know, F you, F your pizza, F Frank Sinatra, you know, you know, um, when he was at, when he was at film school, uh-huh. when he was at film school and did his first like student film, do you know who collaborated with him on his, on his student film? Who? Ang Lee. Ang the Lee. two, two kids at film yeah. school and they're Ang Lee. And Spike Lee. I didn't even yeah, think of it. Yeah. No relation. No relation. I know. Well, you think? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I didn't actually think of it. I just realized that when I said it out loud. But anyway, I thought that was pretty funny that you got two guys. Of Wait, awards, really? you, you, know? can't, you can't tell me. Yeah, I know. I actually can't picture Angley. I don't know what he looks like. And actually something that I sort of like, this isn't to say anything about Spike Lee at all, but 
Kanye West's mother was a was a teacher. I believe okay. Spike Lee's mom was was a teacher. Spike Lee's yeah. father was a jazz musician. Musician, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Kanye's sort of the same thing. Um, they're both. No, I think Kanye's. I think Kanye's dad was. Well, I don't know what Kanye's dad did for a job. But I don't think he was involved with Kanye. He was involved. Kid. Okay, from, all right. But I, think uh, I, I don't think so. No, Unless I'm mixing it up or something. I'm maybe mixing it up he, with somebody else. No, no, story, no he, but, he had some influence. But but what I'm saying is that like, ah, oh, man, this is this is this doesn't sound horrible. And I and I apologize. Oh, here we go. No, no, I apologize. So I hope you've enjoyed. I've, I hope everyone has enjoyed <laughs> toasting the classics. No, <laughs> this will be our last episode. I, I, I apologize in advance. But Spike Lee had something at home that encouraged him to be become Spike Lee. You know, Kanye the same thing. Kanye Kanye actually totally freely admits it, and I think Spike Lee would pr probably does too. I, but I know I know Kanye does. Like he he freely admits like his mom made him because you know his mom was an English teacher. And um, you know what? I'm actually thinking about JC. I know yeah. Kanye is like I said, I know Kanye's mom was was like an English teacher okay. and 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 helped guide him to where he was. But Spike Lee's parents were first of all, they're together, but they're also they're also creatives and they're intellectuals, you know. And I was thinking about this when I was because I, I just wrote that, you know. Uh, by the way, everybody, I wrote a book, and uh that's right. Maybe someday it'll be published, but it's about the first black brewer, uh, brewery owner in America. But in that book, you know, there there are several characters that are real characters that that happen to you know come across this guy, and real characters as in real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the characters are real. People. Yeah. But I was thinking about when I was reading Spike Lee's background, and I was I was thinking about. Um, the book that I, I wrote, a lot of the people that were involved in, in my guy's life, and these guys were like like intellectuals, and they're, they're African-American intellectuals. They're, they're part of the civil rights movement uh, in the early 60s and so forth. What, what about this is going to sound bad? You mean it's like, you mean it sounds kind of patronizing, or what do you... No, it does, because... It sounds this is like this like, is like when people say Obama, he's very articulate. No, no, or, no. Or they're, they're a very no, no, musical no, no, no. people. What, what something saying, like my grandmother. No, no, what said. I'm saying is like their background. I'm is not. Lot, I'm not hearing that. Their background is a lot like Lee's background, where you had mm. a mother and a father. How would Lee's life have been different, okay. or his or his dad had abandoned him? You know, I mean, what, all of our lives, all everybody's lives everybody, would be different if their parents right? were like that. You know, yeah, and, and absolutely. So, and so I think there's something, I, I don't know, I, I just think there's something, and, and it shouldn't, and I, I don't mean to, to say, you know, culturally, whether black or white or anything like that, but it's like, he had a lot of observations on the life of, of uh, African Americans, especially in Brooklyn, right? And in the 1980s yeah. and so forth. How would those observations have been different? Had his background been different? Well, I think, I think the reason why we were talking about, at the very beginning of the show, we were talking about um, the difference in the protests that happened um, back in the 60s and, 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 and with Rodney King and stuff like that. Yeah. And then today, with like the organization that was in Black Lives Matter and things like that. And 
you know, there, there's some violence associated, but it definitely didn't feel like just like a spasm of like burning things down the way the Rodney King mm-hmm. riots did. And I think it's because there's a lot more people like Spike Lee today. I, I remember seeing the people protesting in Ferguson and I was like, those are college kids. Right. Those are a whole bunch of college kids out there marching. That's not people who want to steal a VCR, you know, that are participating in a riot. They're angry, but they're, you know, they want to take something. They want to break windows and take things. These are kids that believe something and they're, you know, they're educated people. They look, they look like college kids, like the same kind of people that were protesting in the sixties against the Vietnam war. It looks more like that kind of protest. It has a different feel. That's an excellent point. Yeah, absolutely. It it doesn't look like a mob. It looks like an angry group of people who are marching. I mean, it's just different. What what, what you're saying, though, is it it looks like... I think the the country has changed, is what I'm saying. It looks like a group group with purpose. But at the root of that is that I think that socioeconomically, there are a lot more African-American young people who are in a better place than they were 30 years ago. I think that that is not to sweep the the issues under the rug or pretend it's not real just because things have gotten better, but things have gotten better, you know? Right. Um, And I I think that, you know... I, I I sort of guess what I'm saying, though, is like, you know, had he not, had Spike Lee not had the mom who he had, and the father who we had, we wouldn't have any of these things. I don't think, you know, yeah. because he, he would be well, more like maybe not he, from, he, yeah. he would be more like the characters of Martin Lawrence. You know, those characters that he had, like they're they're kind of the street, the street kids, right? Did you hear though when Buggin' Out is talking? Buggin' Out is probably one of the most annoying people in this movie. Yes. But when he's angry. He's talking to somebody and he's, he's accusing them of, of doing a soliloquy and calling and saying, <laughs> you're inebriated all the time. And I'm yeah. like, that's not, that's not a dumbass that's saying no, those things. Now that's Spike Lee talking. I see that's not the actual I think, character I, talking. I think Bugging Out is supposed to represent those people that use big words and don't, don't know what the hell they're saying. I think that's kind no, of... No, he, no, no, no. He's using... I think Bugging Out is supposed to be a college boy. I think he's... A, He's a college boy uh, who's who's out there wandering around slumming on but, the street but, but, and like but he's not, that's he's why not. he's trying to stir up trouble. Well, no, and that's why but, he goes but, in there. But, but, and, but I mean, just think but, about it. What what does it matter but, if but, there's a? But, it, but I think he's stirring up trouble without realizing what he's doing and just kind of like absolutely doing yes, absolutely. And, well, he and, ends up getting somebody killed. Right, exactly. And, he, and, he sparks. I mean, he's not the murderer. Right. You know, there's several links no, in the no, chain no, between them. No, there's not. But it's he because, causes an incident. Because, he causes an incident over something silly, which is he doesn't. Right. He thinks that there should be pictures of black people on the wall at the right, Italian right, pizzeria, right. which is like, why don't you just ignore that? That's it's not it, worth having an right, argument right. over. You know, and you're no, causing I, this gigantic I, I problem. That's a really good. I hadn't even thought of that angle. That's a great angle. But so yeah, I think we got. So, so, I think we got canceled about 15 minutes ago. So I think we're uh, we're good. But we have to. We have to officially say, are you toasting this? Or what are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm toasting. I'm toasting. I, I could. Right. I, I mean, we're we're going over for the first time in a while because I could talk about this movie for a long time. This is this is a good one. This so I think what, I think I think what this means is my run stays alive with with uh, classics that are toasted. So I, I I think if we look back on everything, I'm winning. If there is a, a winning thing, huh? Um, I think we, well, we've only really not toasted like two things, right? We didn't toast Hitchhikers, we didn't toast Agatha Christie, but we also didn't toast Blazing Saddles. Yeah, is that it? 
Is that all we've done? The there, there have been a few, and they've almost all been yours. But whatever. Okay. Anyway, well, um, so one. What are we doing now? What are we doing next? Um, so the next episode that we're going to do is going to be uh, Fast and the Furious, which is okay. Corona. Just in the classics is out for the week. We'll see you next time. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us for <laughs> Classics, and uh, we will right. see you in a week in some form or another. That's right. right. Peace out. Bye. That's it for episode 32 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some Corona for our discussion of the Fast and the Furious. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, angry diatribes, and torrid screeds, whatever you're feeling. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at at RactiveNuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. Toasting the Classics.